1 Corinthians 15, verses 29 through 34. Otherwise, what do people mean by being baptized on behalf of the dead? If the dead are not raised at all, why are people baptized in their behalf? Why are we in danger every hour? I protest, brothers, by my pride in you, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die every day. What do I gain if, humanly speaking, I fought with beasts at Ephesus if the dead are not raised? Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Wake up from your drunken stupor, as is right, and do not go on sinning, for some have no knowledge of God. I say this to your shame. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Woo! <laughs> Come on, Paul. Oh, man. Shame. Here we are. We're wrapping up this section. If you're looking at it in a Bible, it's like the last little paragraph in this heading. <laughs> So we talk about baptism, we talk about death and, you know, resurrection. And if, if the dead are not raised, great quote, if the dead are not raised, quote, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. So he kind of brings a cultural idiom in there. And this is, uh, you know, he, he's tying up this really powerful passage with like he, he's pointing an arrow right at the heart of the church of Corinth basically saying like you because you are like a, just floating through faith some of you just totally unconvinced of what is at stake like you're living like fools like you're you're drunken stupor and you know just the image of like a drunk person like you're you're driving around you know atlanta late at night and there's just a guy like mm-hmm. tripping around the sidewalk like there you don't see someone like that and be like I bet that's like a, you know, high standing citizen, you know, like there's no respect there. Right. And so wake up from, from your drunken stupor as is right and do not go on sinning. And so he's really hammering home the importance of resurrection. And this is convicting because, you know, I think a lot of us, you know, and I kind of recant, like, I feel like a couple of days ago when we started this, I was like, you know, like the whole like resurrection of the dead controversy isn't something that we encounter all the time which like is maybe true in like a theological sense sure but like you know how how much of church and the christian life do we spend you know talking about like right behavior and you know right morals and so on and yet we kind of uh give the scraps to like the idea of resurrection and the importance of it yeah uh, except when you know we encounter death and then we kind of like lean into it, but it's like, this is a of daily importance to us because if Christ is not raised and if we are not raised with him, then this is all a waste. So what yes. do you make sense of Paul's heavy words here? You know, this is a, a short little paragraph and it's kind of slightly confusing. So for instance, like verse 29, if the dead are not raised at all, why are people baptized on their behalf? Just full disclosure, I'm not sure exactly what that's talking about. I've yeah, studied yeah. that passage before and it doesn't feel like there's a consensus. So you have little passages like that. I, I have what I think that means, but but then it, it, it kind of progresses. Why are we in danger every hour protest by my pride in you, uh, which I have in Christ Jesus? I die every day. It seems like Paul begins to speak of his own personal devotion to the Lord and his yeah. commitment to live for the cause of Christ. and And he seems to be saying like, Hey, if Jesus really did 
triumph over the grave, then all of the, the effort that I've given for the sake of the gospel, every single bit of it is worth it. But if Jesus really had triumphed over the grave, then you're not living in light of the resurrection is complete and utter foolishness. Amen. Have you ever heard of the idea of crossing the first threshold? So it's mm. like this like literary nope. trope or movie trope. So like think of like Harry Potter uh, or Lord of the Rings. There's 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 some place of safety. And so uh, yeah. so there's like um uh for Harry Potter, he he lives in Privet, uh, pivot drive, pivot drive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for Frodo, he lives in the Shire. For Luke, he lives in Tatooine or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And um, and something happens though. So mm-hmm. like Harry finds out he's a wizard. Frodo finds the he's ring. The quest, yeah. yeah, the the droids come for for Luke Skywalker, and the question becomes like, okay, are we going to set out on this adventure that is being thrust upon us? Or are we not going to? Yeah. So, you know, all these movies, all these stories, you see it all the time if you're paying attention. Like there's this moment where they have to make the big jump and and they do, and that's what they call the crossing of the first threshold. And so there's a question that confronts us and and we have to ask, are we gonna live in light of this? Are we gonna go to Hogwarts? Are yeah. we gonna leave the Shire? Are we gonna get on the ship and leave Tatooine? Yeah. And I think the question that comes up in this passage is, what if Jesus really did rise from the dead? How are you going to live in light of that? Yeah. I had a guy that used to counsel a lot of folks at my um, uh, at the school that I got my my um, um, graduate degree from, and almost every single person that came into his classroom and asked, like, you know, who should I marry, or uh, should I move to this state, or should I take this job, or should I seek after this degree? His answer to almost every question that people asked him when they were looking for his advice was how would the fact that Jesus rose from the dead give insight to the decision that you're trying to make yeah which was just just ridiculous answer for most people they're like mm-hmm. what in the world like I want to know if I should date this girl or like mm-hmm. marry this guy what does that have to what does the resurrection have to do with that and he's like it has everything to do with it mm. Ask yourself the question, what if Jesus really did rise from the dead? If he did, how should that affect your life today? How should that affect the way that you parent your children tomorrow or, or tonight? How should that affect the way that you engage with your coworkers today? How should that affect the, the groceries that you buy at the grocery store, the way that you're generous with your money? Because if Jesus really did rise from the dead, then every one of those things that may seem um, small or simple, they're endued with meaning. Mm. Every single thing that you do in your day matters and can be stewarded for the sake of God's glory filling the earth. And so it feels to me like, you know, as we close out this section, we have an opportunity to to pass over that first threshold and live in light of the resurrection. Yeah, that's a great word. You know, we're we're drawing near to the end of the letter of 1 Corinthians, and it's really important when you're getting towards the end of something to look back to the beginning of it. And so this, I think ties so cleanly with first Corinthians one. He's talking about the wisdom of the world and the foolishness of God and the wisdom of God and the foolishness of the world. And, you know, there's, he, he says in verse 18, the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to those of us who are being saved, it's the power of God. And verse 22, he says for Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. 
but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and folly to the Gentiles, but to those who are being called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, the wisdom of God. Amen. And I love, like he's saying, you know, what if what do I gain for all the work that I did in Ephesus? You know, just fighting hard against these these uh, this strict opposition. If none of this is true, it's I don't have like a nice little coping mechanism ideology. Mm-hmm. Like we should just be eating and drinking our hearts out because we're gonna die tomorrow. Right. Christianity is I one of my favorite. Uh, I'm a huge Rich Mullins fan, <laughs> and he has this quote from a concert. Uh, where he says, you know, if you're looking for a religion that makes sense, I wouldn't recommend Christianity. <laughs> but if you're looking for a religion that makes life, I think uh, that this is it. That's a cool quote. And yeah, it's it's probably so said it great. with no shoes on too. Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, it's awesome. And you know, he's just like talking to this room of like '80s uh, CCM like moms, <laughs> and they're all just like standing there, like looking at him, like, "What are you talking about?" And, but I think that that is such a uh, a great quote, like the, the whole critique of Christianity of like, it's, it's this great coping mechanism that people just don't know how to let go of. We have like the church has manufactured that by living lives that are not convinced of and evident of the resurrection because truly living in the power of God, there, there's no room for it to be like we, if it's not true, it's a terrible, terrible ideology. And it asks far too much than any other ideology. Yes. You know, I would recommend Christian nationalism or progressivism or something that is, you know, uh, is less costly. And yet the gospel is true and the resurrection is true. And it is the power of God and the wisdom of God for those of us who are being saved. And so, uh, you know, this is the thesis and, and the summarization of this argument that that Paul is laying on the Corinthian people and it changes everything about the way that we live. Right. Right. And so, you know, I think it's a good word to conclude on, you know, first Corinthians 15, 34, wake up from your drunken stupor as is right and do not go on sinning for some have no knowledge of God. I say this to your shame. We have the opportunity with sobriety, mm-hmm. uh, having the light of Christ shined on us and shining through us mm-hmm to go and do something about this twisted and broken world by proclaiming Christ and living in light of the, the certain reality that Jesus really did live and die and uh, uh, rise to uh, a triumph over the grave. And, and knowing that we're going to live forever and Mm -hmm. everybody else is too. And we want to get as many people in on the joy and the peace and the glory of life in Christ as possible. Amen. Amen. Well, a great word as we continue through 1 Corinthians 15. For Jackson Randall, this is Will Carlisle, and we'll see you tomorrow on Our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. 
1737 or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.